Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tour Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. Ron is on the deck. Say hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. Aoife and Eileen are in the audience. Say hi, girls. Hey, hi. And our guest today is Yvonne Murray. Yvonne, you're going to talk to us about uh, postnatal depression. But before we get into that, yeah. for the people that don't know you, who's Yvonne and where are you from? Uh, so, yeah, my name is Yvonne Murray. I'm originally from Firhill in the north side, born and bred. Yeah. Uh, now I'm living out in Tower. Um, my husband's from Churchfield, oh. so I didn't venture far. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we're together since um, I was 18, he was 19, so we obviously were in the friend zone for a while, should we say. Um, and then we got together and then um, he's a carpenter by trade, so we were working away for a few years. Um, what do you do? So I'm a commercial analyst um, for a shipping company. I know my background is administration. So when I came back from Australia, um, it was just right timing and uh, right company. And they gave me a chance and mm. I kind of climbed up the ladder a bit. So I'm there six and a half years. When did you go to Australia? So After the recession? Yeah. So 2011, um, we went to Australia. I spent four years out there. Did you go as a couple? We went as a couple, came back as a couple. Didn't break you? No, made us stronger because three <laughs> weeks after we came back, um, we got married here as well. So Congratulations. Um, so yeah, that's coming up on seven years now as well. Brilliant. And um, obviously two kids later. And um, yeah, we settled out in Blarney, so not far from. Is, is Australia what it's made out to be? Is it? Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like we went out there, we had a great time. We did plenty of traveling. Um, a lot of people go out there and they like work, 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 party, party, party. But our end goal was to save up a deposit for a mortgage. Mm. Um, so we might have been too uh, reserved, I suppose. No, we did had a great time out there, but that was our main goal to come back and just mm. have enough for a deposit and get on. Plenty of sunshine anyways. Plenty of sunshine. But mm. you know yourself, like you go work and you think you'd be on the beach every day, but you get used to it. You know, yeah. if the sun, if yeah. it's sun 24-7, then you just take it for granted. But no, we had amazing four years out there. Um, and for his type of work as well, it's fantastic opportunity, especially mm. like working outdoors mm. in Australia compared to working outdoors yeah. here. We but, might have a chat with Jeff afterwards if he's a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you do uh, another one at the moment. But, yeah, um, I know. So you got married three weeks after you came back. What, yeah, what, and that, that, that was a back? plan. Back in 2000? Uh, 15. 15. Yeah, 2015. And got and we got did you start a family immediately? Uh, no, no, no. Um, so the way it worked out, like when we came back, he moved back in with his mum and dad in Churchfield. 
and I moved back in with my mom in Fairhill. So for like the first year of marriage, we were practically living apart. Mm. Um, but it was grand, you know, we always had our long term aspirations and people kind of might have making a joke or a laugh about yeah. it, you know, but like <laughs> why pay money good yeah, yeah. on rent and stuff so yeah. we these are the sacrifices you have to make exactly yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and you know what it was kind of nice moving back in with my mum because she looked after me and made my breakfast and did my Irish uh, mammy did my Irish laundry mammy. and stuff like that so uh, and you're yeah. up in Tower now we're up in Tower, Tower now Tower's a nice old spot isn't it yeah yeah the no. only thing about Tower is you know, when I go into the super value I end up buying a lot of shit I didn't want to cakes <laughs> they have a great display yeah. of cakes <laughs> bakery I know they I do know. in fairness I know and like it's only in the road I work in Albert Key so nice in that big glass box yeah 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 across from the sextant that's no longer there yeah. uh but yeah it's a couple of days at home now is it nice inside though in the office oh beautiful is yeah, it? yeah 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 it's really yeah. so we were on matten first and then we were on after first tenants to move into albert Key, what so. does a shipping analyst do i'm just curious everyone says that so um we have Oil tankers mm-hmm. and chemical tankers. So um, they're rarely called to Ireland, but they're moving the oil and um, chemicals worldwide. So my job is kind of look at the data. So oil prices, what's going on in refineries, where our competitors vessels are moving. So we can kind of get a better idea where to position our vessels mm-hmm. and it helps my teammates kind of make better decisions. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, when I got given the role too, I... I too had to Google what a commercial analyst <laughs> did, but uh, yeah, it's just data research. Fair play. Um, but no, I love working for the company yeah. and they're, they're great to work for. Yeah. I give the audience a bit of context yeah. how this came about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you contacted us last year, was it? Last year. So we were on the Late Late Show last week. I saw. And on the Late Late Show, I said to Ryan that um, we started out as a podcast for people in addiction or mm-hmm. recovery from addiction. Mm-hmm. I said, and mm-hmm. as time went on people asked us will you cover this topic and that topic but you contacted us asking us to cover the topic of postnatal depression so mm-hmm. i thought like that's a great idea do you know what mm-hmm. i mean because this is the type of stuff we do yeah and then i says would you not come on yourself mm-hmm. and the timing wasn't right but as time goes by we get into a better mm-hmm. place and whatever mm-hmm. so the time is right now yeah um so thanks for coming on thank you no, thanks for having me it's yeah. an opportunity yeah mm-hmm. so Lou talked to us basically about your experience yeah. of it, like, like even my stupid knowledge yeah. of it. So a woman has a baby, mm-hmm. and it can be men too. Uh, well, men can't have babies. We just clarify that. Well, th- this day and age, no, you wouldn't know. But, know, uh, yeah. but it's like when when yeah. the baby arrives, yeah. that like joy and bonding mm. and love, mm. uh, it doesn't always happen so straightforward. Yeah. Is that? Is, yeah, like I. My postnatal depression and anxiety came after my second daughter was born. Um, when I look back on my first daughter, I kind of questioned myself a lot because they say, oh, it's the instant rush of love when your baby was born and stuff. And, you know, my baby was given to me and I'm like, oh, God, I didn't feel that instant rush of love. Yeah. What's wrong with me? So I think from the second I became a mother, I questioned my mothering skills and my worth as a mother. And if... You know, I just I just questioned everything about it, but I kind of got on with it. And um, um, yeah, there was like I would say maybe a period of baby blues, but by no means how low I got after um, 
my second daughter was born. So uh, there's about a year and a half between them, nearly two years, 19 months, actually, to be precise. Um, so my second daughter was born in October 2019. And you know what? It, it was fine. Um, you're kind of in the newborn bubble for a while. So everything is rosy. And uh, Christmas was on the horizon. And I love Christmas, the mm. build up to it and blah, blah. But I could feel my kind of, I was starting to struggle and feel not myself or kind of got on with it and kind of January came then and even my husband um Derek was saying to me you know wouldn't I go and speak to a doctor or, you know um but I was like no I'm grand and grand um but my daughter had a checkup with the public health nurse this was January 20 2020 yeah so she was a few months old at that stage and I kind of said it to my public health nurse how I was feeling and things and she said oh you're actually showing signs of postnatal depression um so I said, OK, so I went home and I rang up the GP and to make an appointment because that's what she advised me to do. So I made the appointment and then I was having a grand few days. So I cancelled it. I was like, you're not mm. suffering with no postnatal depression, you know, and mm. I, that kind of cycle happened two or three times that I would um, feel quite low on myself. So I make the appointment and then I cancel it because I suppose myself, I don't want to admitted the way I was feeling um, but the third time I kept the appointment and I went and I remember sitting in like the doctor's surgery I had Roisin in her car seat but perched on my laps and I felt like everyone was looking at me that they knew why I was here and I was just I was just super paranoid but um, I went into the doctor's surgery and I told her how I was feeling that it was um, constantly had tears in my eyes that like the girls were always well looked after but I felt I was like robotic um, that what I was doing they were well looked after but I was doing everything um, with sadness and I wasn't getting any joy in just it going and I, was just, like- I just lost my sense of humour mm. and I just I was just a shell I felt um, so the doctor recommended therapy and she also um, put me on antidepressants and anxiety pills which at the time I was initially shocked that that happened I don't know what I expected but you know what if you told me to eat a bag of nettles to feel better I would have done anything at that stage um so yeah I was um prescribed with um the medication and I started taking that and I also started going to therapy and you know what in such a short space of time I was feeling so much better in myself um but then sure did you stop questioning yourself as your ability to be a mother Um, I wasn't as harsh on myself and I felt like the tears kind of stopped for a period Um, and I was just getting on with things and I wasn't um, as tired or Mm. I just felt better in myself did you know know what did you start researching postnatal depression as well and start understanding some of the symptoms and relating to the symptoms that you were having you know when you're help. when you're leaving the the hospital with your newborn baby you're given a whole lot of leaflets and one okay. of them was postnatal depression and i suppose um looking back i probably had periods that my mental health in my early 20s and even in Australia, I went to therapy as well, um, that I was worried that it might happen to me. Mm. So I gave my leaflets to Derek and be like, look, here is the signs of you see anything kind of like just give me a bit of a shove to, you know, seek seek help or, you know, just be aware of the symptoms. Um, 
but yeah, so like that was January 2020. And sure, we all know what happened then a few months later. Lockdown. <laughs> Lockdown. Yeah. 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 That must have been very, very difficult. Yeah. And I went downhill from there. Like if I thought I was isolated before mm. and I was definitely isolated then. That's what I was going to say. Did you feel like you were on your own? Because when someone is depressed and they're having all these negative mm. thoughts, mm. you know, you feel like you feel like you're actually on your own mm. and, and you're afraid to talk about mm. what's actually going on to yeah. you because you're afraid you're going to be judged by the people you're going to talk to, you know. So yeah. I can imagine how difficult that must have been going into a lockdown then as well, yeah. where you're, you're you're completely locked away from mm. your therapist, mm. your doctor, mm. you know, and everything is online. There's no social yeah. interaction, one-on-one. How yeah. did you feel? Um, As I said, it was, I just went downhill from there, to be honest. I, I really, really struggled. Um, I was just like, so upset at times constantly had tears in my eyes just questioning everything that I was doing again and even before and I never told any of my family members how I was feeling so I was definitely not going to tell them then because if I even if they wanted the help they couldn't come out it was yeah. it was locked down um and even with Derek like he he's so supportive of me but like it's it's fine to tell like he can see what's going on in the outside but like internally you know yourself like mm. how oh shit you can yeah. um speak to yourself yeah. and I just like there was a point that I just looked at my girls and I was like I felt so guilty that they got me as a mother um and thinking back and now I'm like oh I wish I could go back and give that person mm. a hug Big because hug, yeah. it's um it's a terrible way to feel um it, it is yeah. an absolutely terrible way to feel you know, because you're feeling that you're dragging everybody else around you down because your energy is so low. Yeah. And, and it's a very hard thing to explain to, to another human being yeah. why you're feeling so low because it's not something you can explain very easily. It's just like a darkness. Yeah. And it, it's it's like it's squashing you and it's, you're going into a corner. And, and when you're like that, you can't see any light. You can't see yeah. a way out of it. You can only see the doom and gloom and no hope, you know, even though like I can imagine how it must have been for you because you were two young babies as well. And um, how it must have actually felt like to, to think that you can't even be there for them, you know, mm. it must have been one of the most difficult things in your mm. life. But you, know, you said earlier on that um, you've had bouts of depression mm. in the past. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, when you were when you were growing up, what was school like and home like? Was were you shy or like? Do you know where it kind of come from or is it just? No, you don't have to get into it no, here if you no, don't want no, to. No, 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 no. Um, I'm I'm an open book when it comes to mental health and everything because I know listening to yourselves and other people and the most talked about, the more you feel that you're not alone. Um, and the people listening, somebody's going to be helped by it. I hope so. Um, but like I I don't know was. Like looking back, I know myself now that it probably was mental health issues or depression, but it was undiagnosed. Cause, yeah. um, but like the way I grew up, I, I'm the youngest of five, um, and the house I grew up in, my dad was there, but he wasn't. You could say, you know, um, and I think why I, why we didn't have a close relationship is because, um, my older siblings would have happy memories with him, which for me, there was, it was always kind of um, 
tension in the house or, you know, I can't remember him bringing me anywhere or mm. anything good. Mm. And I think I I was always aware of um, tension in my house or I couldn't bring kind of family because you just don't know or friends. You just don't know if something was going to, um, you just didn't know what form he was in. Like yeah. um, he had, he, like he's passed away about three years now, but um he has his own difficulties he, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he has his own stuff exactly. going on for him. Um, yeah. But I think g- growing up then, I was constantly uh, people pleasing. Yeah. Like it's only looking back now that you can you can kind of see that. But um, I think always the relationship with my dad was always a weight that I was carrying because I always wanted um, to have a father figure. But even though we never had a relationship, um and I know it's, pr- it's probably something that he wanted, yeah. but I just couldn't because of, I don't know, there's just no the effort. connection, that bond the has to be there, doesn't it? The connection wasn't there, yeah. As, as yeah. you said, like, yeah, he's my dad, but yeah. there's no, the, the there's bond no connection, there, you know. But my, yeah. my sister, one of my sisters in particular has a really good, um, had a really good connection and they had a great laugh together. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I would have loved that, but I just always had... That so I think that's always a weight that I carried, and definitely yeah. in my early twenties, I was still a child mm. trying to work out why um, he wasn't there for me. Or looking back, and it's only as you get older you realize the household you grew up in wasn't everyone else's household. Yeah. Or you realize that mm. not every dad like didn't come to your confirmation. Mm. You know, stupid uh, things like that. And I think that that's a big thing, though. Yeah, like and it goes to show as well. Uh, like being a parent, I'm not a parent, yeah. right? But um. Being a parent, it's not like you have to be emotionally there yeah. as well as yeah. like put a roof over the head yeah. and pay the bills yeah. and you have to be responsive to yeah. the child. Yeah. And you know, all these things are yeah. crucial, you know, yeah. and yeah. it does affect your, yeah. your, your development. Yeah. Your 100% and uh, that cannot have been easy to share either, you know, and I know that for a fact, but I can also say this. It's definitely after helping a lot of people because they'll be able to relate because some families are big families and mm. there might be six seven siblings mm. and mm. one of them might have a stronger relationship with yeah. one parent and and i suppose that's it and i could completely relate to what you were saying you know 100 you know but um we're just like i don't know what psychologist we had on there last time they were on about um children internalize this stuff because yeah. if you mm. tell a child he's superman mm. he's superman and yeah. he believe it yeah because he, the whole world revolves mm. around him or her mm. and if you but his behaviours or lack of behaviours, whoever's telling you that you're, you don't deserve it. You know, like we don't have, as children, we don't have the wherewithal mm. to think like in the bigger picture. Mm. You know, mm. we think like oh, he has that relationship mm. with my sister, but not with me. Yeah. And then, then that, that definitely affects you going forward. Yeah. What about like relationships with boys, you know, through your teenagers mm. and stuff like that? Was it... Well, difficult I, for I, you I married my uh, childhood sweetheart oh, really? so, uh, <laughs> he'll do I'll keep on time forever <laughs> fair play well done uh, but no as you were talking nice. there like I went to uh, when I went to therapy in Australia um, obviously I had a lot of father issues and I think that's where my heavy weight used to come and I didn't understand it at times but she made a comment to say um, she goes you were ne- neglected and I nearly, nearly jumped down her throat I was like jeez I, was, I wasn't neglected mm-hmm. you know um, but what she, what she, like my visions of neglect as a child left alone in the corner yeah. to fend for themselves but she was like no you were emotionally neglected mm-hmm. by your father and I was like when she explained it then like I was like yeah that's I think that's that's what it was um, and I think like my dad kind of like wanted to 
would love in a different relationship, but it was just, it was just drink in the end, you know? And, um, when I was in Australia, um, we got a phone call, I think it was three days before Christmas. My dad was in hospital and to kind of like, now like he's, he's going to pass away, you know? So, um, I jumped on a plane and we flew back and, um, went up to see him in the hospital and I, I don't know, was it just the, the drugs that he was on, um, or the medication, you know, yeah. that they were helping him in the hospital or was it just drying out from the drink and stuff, but he wasn't, um, with it. But looking back on those memories, like Christmas Eve with the fella across the way, we were singing Christmas carols mm. and, you know, and like he, we were looking at nursing homes for him to go into and he, he came around, he, he got better. Um, and, you know, I think like I actually had my dad back then because he was dried out and I, I was seeing what everyone else sees with him, a sense of humor and stuff. And yeah. um, he was in intensive care for seven weeks and I had to go back to Australia. But like, I was like, I this is it. No, we can we can build from this, you know, mm. um, but like he didn't even drop his, his bag home after yeah. being seven weeks in the hospital. And I think that kind of like that that was it like that yeah. was his his chance after all these years yeah. and you know just yeah. the alcohol just had a grip on him like yeah for everybody like myself and timmy that can break away yeah. from addiction does loads more don't unfortunately yeah, i know and even when you're in treatment centers and timmy might mm. might will agree with this like they they tell you sometimes in treatment centers you know if there's 12 of you there mm. like that maybe three maybe four you will make it yeah. and mm. 80 We'll go back drinking yeah. and using, and that's yeah. the reality yeah. of it, really. Do you know what I mean? And so, I, like, I think as well, I was kind of paranoid because people seem used to see my dad as, you know, the happy go lucky guy. Yeah, he loved his point and stuff, and like, couldn't. Like I remember some people didn't go to my 21st because I didn't invite my dad. And like, but you don't know how he is at home. You mm-hmm. know, I felt like mm-hmm. there's a backstory you know? to every man. That's- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sitting on a stool, I know. you know, they're all they're all solving each other's problems yeah. up in that bar stool, yeah. talking about yeah. 
the people that don't want them to be drinking and ah, never mind them. They're grand. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with yeah. you. You're in here on your grave yeah. for me. There's nothing to nobody. Yeah. Whereas nobody knows what's going on inside in that family environment when he walks in the door. Are she? Yeah. Are she walks in the yeah, door because yeah. it works both ways. Yeah. And sometimes when somebody is in a position like you just explained, having to explain, ah, you don't know. Yeah. You're better off just leaving people off. Yeah. Because you you know yeah. a person yourself yeah. and you don't have to explain yeah. to anybody about your, your life or, or explain why you are acting in a, in a certain way, yeah. you know? And um, like for, from my own experience, yeah. being in pubs like that, like um, a lot of that stuff is hidden massively, you know, yeah. the stuff that goes on at home, you know, it's painted yeah. like a big it's like the rainbow quote, picture. It's like the, the quote pump. we have on the wall there, Gabo Mata, next to Ron on the next, but uh, he said it on our yeah. podcast. He says, like, we read it, read it out there, Ron. Uh, trauma isn't always multi-generational and it doesn't begin with one particular person. So nobody should be blamed for it. Yeah. But at the same time, everybody has to take responsibility for it. So how about if we all heal together and we invite you to join that healing process? So basically the interpretation that is whatever life experiences your father had, he wasn't able to break the cycle mm-hmm. and it's passed on, but you were breaking the cycle now so that you don't pass yeah. it on to your kids and that's the most important yeah. thing here. Do you know what I mean? So like we don't know what your dad's experiences, yeah. he's dad, great grandfather, yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. back generations yeah. and when b- back in the day but they didn't have podcast like the yeah. Donari's podcast or Blind Boy mm. or whatever mm. and you know access to mental health services yeah. um, it was alcohol and it was the high stool mm. and, and that was the, the coping skills yeah. but it's different today thankfully I know you can share your experience mm-hmm. but I think people are talking a bit more openly about it as well aren't they yeah. oh, exactly. years ago like the, the stigma is not as bad yeah. as it was ah like years ago we had this vision that an alcoholic was someone that drank in the streets mm. and there was a you call them a wine or whatever mm. You know, and I always said I wasn't an alcoholic because that was my vision. I'm yeah. an alcoholic at all. I don't yeah. drink in the street. Yeah. If you went to a council, you were soft or something, yeah, won't you? Yeah, yeah. You have to look at him. What the fuck? What's and that was him, the eh? same, like suffering I'm sure with depression. Sure, he's after losing his mind just yeah. because you yeah. want to see somebody yeah. and talk to him. Yeah. You know, but things are changing. Yeah. Thank God. And it's same, like suffering Thank with God. depression. I was like, sure, I can, I'm getting up out of bed every morning. You know, yeah. like you have my vision of someone suffering with depression was that they laid in bed every day and put yeah. the duvet over them and couldn't function, you know? Yeah. You how know, did, so um, how did things progress through the lockdown? Did it, did it get worse and to, did it come to a head and what was this recovery um, point? Yeah. Like I rang my doctor and she upped the dosage of the medication, which was fine, you know, and it kind of, um, it did me all right. Um, but I was again, just waves up, and down yeah. up and down but like I was very emotional um every day um um but then so that was the march all that happened and then I set up an Instagram page then in in the May should we say and I kind of started sharing snippets and other women were like oh yeah me too you know and I I kind of wanted to share my story and I had a chat with Derek and he was like, do whatever makes you feel better, girl. Mm, <laughs> you know, that kind of, he's response. not he's not on social media, <laughs> so, which is good as well because it kind of gives me more for free reign to yeah. share stuff sure space, and like, I don't have to be like, oh, yeah. what do you post that for? Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Do you mind if I yeah, that uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I kind of had to tell my family first because obviously they don't know what and they, they didn't have a clue. 
Um, and they, yeah, no, they were just shocked because you can pretend you're fine. I you know. know, you know, it's you can do that. But um, I think setting up that Instagram page and connecting with other women because we were still in lockdown and um, it was my kind of like round table therapy with other with sure, a group yeah. of women yeah. uh, and, sure, yeah, yeah. and it's like I think always the biggest factor of my recovery was knowing that I w- wasn't alone yeah. and I always go back to a quote you go somewhere like no one wants to be a part of the club but knowing that you're not the only one makes yeah. all the difference and like I was reading other women's posts and I was like Jesus I could have written that you know like it really kind of opened my eyes to think that this wasn't just a me problem um happens to a a whole lot of women um and everyone struggles and the like way I feel about motherhood and some days are really really hard and um it's completely normal um so and that kind of helped me open like writing things out I always said to my therapy before I actually started physically journaling that writing a post on Instagram was like my journal Mm. like writing my thoughts and then I would get people coming back to me saying oh yeah I feel it too and you know um so that was May of 2020 so yeah I was I was going good but again it's still coming in waves um I was still on the medication I kind of stopped seeing my therapist I had therapist I had about four or five sessions um and that kind of the, I went back to work in the September um and I felt like I was kind of getting my identity back because I felt at that stage I didn't know who I was anymore between having two kids now and then going through all that with my mental health and still suffering like I was still suffering a lot with anxiety and the type of anxiety that I suffer with is like that that voice in my head um, that I now call Annie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Annie Anxiety. Your name, uh, she, She's not here right now today. Uh, yeah. Good, good, good. She's not uh, welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just, like, it was just another tool that I learned to talk back to that negative voice. Um, but that would be definitely my type of anxiety because if she knows I'm having a bad day, she she come and she put me down even further, tell me everything that I'm doing is crap. And I like that analogy. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very good. And we all have an Annie. Yeah. yeah. I have an any an any given day. Yeah. <laughs> Annie could pop her head up. No, I, I, f- I have four or five uh, Timmy's oh, on my geez. shoulder as well. You know, like, <laughs> Name them differently day, would yeah. be my uh, yeah. Yeah. Timmy yeah. one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, Timothy, Tim. <laughs> Tig. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but we all have that. Yeah. In, uh, no, what I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of um Eric Burns uh, transactional analysis theory. We talked about inner critic. Mm-hmm. That inner critic, and that's a very helpful book for people. Actually, blind by the two podcasts on this, and we don't usually plug other people's mm-hmm. podcasts, but it's a very re- mm-hmm. relevant mm-hmm. podcast. He explains that theory in very accessible language, and I'd encourage on it. But he just it just explains where where that voice comes mm-hmm. from and who that voice represents in any given situation. You know, and sometimes it can be a critical parent, and sometimes it can be a scared child, mm-hmm. depending on who you're interacting with. You know, yeah. but like it, the important thing is to differentiate yourself from who you are with that voice, yeah. and that's important yeah. to me, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Because that voice will, um, if you believe that voice, it will just keep you spiraling and spiraling yeah. down until. You actually believe there's no hope at all and we all know what happens then yep. when we get to those places mm-hmm. if we don't see a doctor or a therapist or yep. whatever but <clears throat> one of the keys there is also to find something 
other than like me, for me medic medication is very 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 helpful because i was on it a number of times to balance the chemicals around my own mind but when we get some bit of clarity around what's wrong with us that like you you found out you were you you were depressed post-national depression i was depressed right when we find out that and we learn about it we can maybe look at other avenues and i found meditation which was critical to me and it allowed me to maybe accept a lot of the stuff that was going on for me and it, it gave mm. me a stillness within me you know and i was able to deal with a whole lot of different stuff as well because it was early early recovery and I had a lot of stuff coming up and it's about taking on board what we need at that moment go to your doctor give him an understanding of what's going on for you leave him look at what what it is mm. and figure it out mm. Get medication if you require it, and mm. then go on it for a while, get some clarity, and then yeah. find something else. Yeah. You know, and what's your routine at the moment? Like you said, that uh, you do the Instagram and connecting with people is yeah. very helpful. Yeah, there's a few people like Chloe Sheehan, we had on, you know, yeah. alopecia, and yeah. she started this thing, and she connects mm. with a lot of other people mm. from around mm. Europe yeah. and the world. Mm. So it's that's one of the best things about yeah. social media, yeah. the accessibility to people from all over the world. Yeah. Um, you do the journaling. What other type of stuff do you do? Um, so like looking back at my journey i kind of march last year so 2021 and uh, we just came out of um another lockdown and the kids went back to crash and i was like right i because i was stuck in a rut and i was like i need to get out of this rut now i'm feeling good i'm going to try loads of different things to kind of keep keep moving forward so um i went back running and began to running meant to do the f- full marathon and Four, four weeks. Well done. I didn't do it yet. Uh, I know, but you know, really what I For even thinking about it, you will do it. I, I, will, I will do it. I, I have a question it. for you around running. Okay? Yeah. Do you know when you're running, yeah. does your head come at you even more? Like your thoughts? I yeah. have the best chats with myself when I'm out yeah, running. Yeah, like mine can be quite critical. Yeah. My Annie you know? is very strong when yeah. I'm running. Yeah. When, when your body's just on the physical yeah. kind of challenge. Yeah. There's nobody looking, James. You just stop and go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember years ago yeah. when, when I was in prison and uh, I started doing the gym in prison. I was, I was depressed at the time. Yeah. And I'd be in the gym and I'd be trying to chain. I had no energy yeah. because I was so yeah. caught up in the negative thoughts. Yeah. And giving them so much of my own energy, I could barely lift the bar mm. or do any of the training. And mm. it's not later on I went on in, mm. in life and, and I understood mm. how strong negative mm. thoughts are and how much energy they take oh, from totally. you, your body, yeah. even yeah. your physical strength. Yeah. So that's, that was my question really. Like, does, does your mind actually attack you when your body's on the physical stress? No, um, no, um, I love it. Um, uh, when I went because it was my thing years ago running no not to Martin Lenz like yeah. a, an old 5k would running you do running around fair hill is no exactly, joke is it <laughs> I never ran up it anyway yeah. uh, but uh, that was kind of my first thing and I ran 2k and I came back and I, I, I got sick my body was in shock but um, I kind of built it up from there so um I kind of kept on at the running, uh, started writing things out journaling and you know what even when Annie was there I was writing out all the bad things she was saying and a few days later I would read it back and I'm like oh my god I can't yeah. believe I actually talked to myself 
that bad. It's actually horrendous. Um, so I rate everything and anything in the journey from a to-do list now yeah. to just what's going on in my mind and instead of it going over and over. Um, that journal will come in handy when you're writing the books. Oh, yeah. We'll see about that. You, know, you said something there and yeah. somebody said to me before, uh, recently enough actually, yeah. when I was going through a difficult time, yeah. whatever it was, anyway, but um, they said, if you spoke to anybody, do you speak to yourself? <laughs> You would give him a slap. Yeah, I know. But yeah. the, way, yeah. the way we speak to ourselves, we wouldn't dare and say that yeah. to anybody else. Yeah. So um, somebody said, I can't remember who it was, but he said, how dare you say that about yourself? Yeah. Everything yeah. you're after doing with your life, all the stuff you've overcome, yeah. how dare you ever talk about yourself like that? Yeah. And it's, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. It is. But the more work you put into yourself mm-hmm. and the more... Yeah understanding you have around yourself and the more acceptance that you have around the way you are and the way you feel and think the the faster you'll actually have peace in your life actually i tell you now we might bring you to a meeting with us on wednesday yeah that might be doing all the good we'll have a chat out um after this but um so just to run in the journal and the journal i Mm. tried meditation as well found it fo- so hard to get into but then um you probably heard of Sinead Hegarty before I would listen to her podcast and I found when she brought out her meditation course I was used to her voice mm. so I think that's why to me yeah. a meditation course would be good if people mm. listen to your podcast they're mm. already aware of your voice and it's easy to um, I feel like you're after doing the doctor on us there now saying you listen to Sinead Hegarty's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was listening to I'm all different joking. type of podcasts as yeah, well. I know. You're, and you're no, actually even, right. Like learning something. Mm-hmm. There's um, loads of tools out there for free that books, people can access. Yeah, yeah. Do exactly. Know, do you know one of the one of the, the most frequent messages we receive on the on the Instagram and the messages and the emails and stuff mm. is I try meditation, mm-hmm. but I can't do it. Yeah. How do you do it? Everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely everybody. It's about creating a real genuine habit within mm-hmm. your own life. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for anybody mm-hmm. to sit still because the body and the mind mm-hmm. want to be consistently mm-hmm. moving and in control. But you have to understand there are going to be moments that you'll want to get up and move and answer the phone and there are going to be moments where you want to think mm. about what you have to do tomorrow or something you forgot earlier on or you have to make this phone call. Mm. That's your mind mm. trying to take control again. Mm. All these thoughts, mm. they'll come up after the meditation, whether which. Mm. Yeah. The key is, is to give yourself that space, yeah. that 10 minutes, the mm. 5 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, mm. for you to strengthen your mind as a muscle, your focus, mm. So when you are going through your normal day and you are having your any moment when it's thinking yeah. that you can say, oh, here she is again. Yeah. And start laughing at these really mad negative yeah. thoughts that are coming up mm-hmm. because that's all they are, are thoughts. And all these thoughts are structured because of core beliefs that you would have been given as a young, young yeah. child because you probably weren't getting something that in some form of nourishment from people in your life yeah. and that's all there is <clears throat> it's about changing them as you go on in your life mm. and meditation for me was that key mm. I was able to find like my thoughts mm. they were so bad yeah I know I, I had, often hear you I talking had myself yeah. as the worst human being on the mm. planet mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, and I fought every single thought came into my mind because they were negative mm. I was called every single fucking name under the sun that you could call somebody you know 
And I stopped. I stopped. Do you know that back and forth yeah. conflict between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind? And I stopped. Mm. And I stopped fighting. The minute I stopped fighting these thoughts and and I just felt the emotion that was connected to the thought. Mm. And I sat with that. Mm. My life changed. Yeah. and But I get it. Like I tried numerous different kind of YouTube channels to guide me into meditation. Like, mm. nah, his voice is wrecking my head. Or, mm. you know, I just couldn't connect. But I think that's why um, I was able to do it with her yeah. and just actually sit still and um, she might be good for our podcast I'd say would she yeah. oh amazing yeah. is she amazing. from is she in Ireland uh, she I'm actually a bit of a stalker but um, she's back from Bali at the moment now oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's Northern Ireland but no she um, you know like you connect with other yeah. people and you kind of get them I don't know not everyone do you know Neov yeah she mentioned her as she well. did yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. ringing yeah. the bell no yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. remember Neov we had on yeah. Yeah. so she's she's yeah but she's friends with this girl oh she she recommended this girl too yeah so we yeah. might make contact. Makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, no, yeah. amazing. Um, so yeah, everything morning routines, getting up earlier before um the kids got up, so I could do like um a bit of an online course or reading whatever I wanted, really in peace, have a cup yeah. of tea, uh, mm. exercise, um, and just making time for myself. Um, yeah. but everything that I was researching into personal development or self growth and stuff, I was trying it because I was. I was setting myself goals and I was doing it, you know, like it could be anything from going on a fun fair right now down in Tremor than I would say I would never go on. And I did it and I felt amazing afterwards Mm. to remember a few months ago holding a hamster out in the farm because I'm a petrified rodents, but (laughs) I I did it, you know, Um. and I think like um well healthy risk taking is is a very important part yeah. of growth yeah and you know uh, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone That's you it. know yeah. it's it's really it's brilliant yeah. thing to do yeah. and um like um go on i'm trying to think what i was going to say I was oh going, no um i was like all these different goals I like yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets them moments. <laughs> I, I know, I, know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to just talk yeah. gibberish but yeah, yeah you're talking about goal setting you know yeah. and it's important to you know to, to, to be able to set goals have something to work towards but the point i wanted to make was when you're in recovery from mm. addiction mm. and it's the same with, with depression because yeah. i hear you talking and i can identify what you're, what mm. you're saying self-care is not a luxury and what they say to people in recovery, especially in early recovery, is you neglect your recovery and you know the wife, the job, the car, the kids, they're all gone. Mm. So the mm. self-care, as in like working on your recovery, whether it's depression or addiction or whatever, that has to be in the middle of it. Mm. And when you look after that, everything becomes possible. The relationship is good. Yeah. The kids are good. My health is mm. good. The work is good. But when you start neglecting yourself, all of a sudden affects relationship, it affects the work, yeah. everything. So it's like self-care is not a luxury. Yeah. And it's a, when you look after yourself and you're good, then you can help everybody else. You yeah. know? Mm. So that's important. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. I got, I got it out eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just take, took a little bit of time. Bank holiday Monday. So you give yeah. me a, give me yeah. a bit of, But look, it's been lovely talking to you. Thanks very much. Where can people go to contact you or follow you? Um, yeah, it's just on my Instagram page. It's yvonnemurray.ie. Um, and yeah, I just like, as I said, it's a bit of a journal for me, but I kind of sh- share what I do motherhood wise or uh, self growth wise. And it's a great accountability tool as well, because if I say I'm going to do a full marathon, I kind of have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, do you know what? No, 
that's the thinking we had a while ago because we said to me I'm working on something there something yeah, yeah, operation yeah. transformation or something but yeah. it's just when you put something out there you have to follow yeah. through it so I watch yeah. this space yeah. Yeah. we'd be like the Chippendales and the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, in, it's lovely talking thanks yeah. very much and thank thanks for having so me much, on really you explain it. everything so well and yeah. you know in everybody's language and and uh, I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of help from not just talking about postnatal depression, but talking to your mental health mm-hmm. and the analogy of any. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. Yeah. And that will give people ideas and it will help a lot of people. So thank you. Yeah. yeah and uh, if you're listening to this or watching this and you know somebody that has these symptoms, send them off to Yvonne Murray, Daddy on Instagram. Thank you. And um, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.